0: stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them, home. Bring, them home. bring them home what is up dodgers nation welcome to an episode of dodgers dugout live it's got the comments down below on today's episode, we've got some trade targets that the Dodgers should focus on. Can the Dodgers trade for Tyler Glass now? Should they do it? Got some thoughts on that. Three other pitchers they should absolutely consider trading for. We're going to talk about the Gold Glove Award. You got three Dodgers that are finalists who will win. We're going to talk about the postseason. But I want to start with Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer Woke up feeling dangerous yesterday. Really struggled last night. If you saw him, gave up five runs, five hits, got chased. He did not look good. And just was wondering after the game, was he going to blame Dave Roberts? Was it the Dodgers' fault for his lack of success? It was bad max. It was minimum Scherzer. Kind of felt like Clayton Scherzer out there for a little bit. And I think the big takeaway here is that Father of time is undefeated. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how kind of career you had. If you're Clayton Kershaw, if you're Max Scherzer, the greats are going to have bad performances at some point. Last night was a perfect example. And by the way, drop that down below in the comment section. What are your thoughts on Max Scherzer? his performance. Are you still watching the postseason? I found it actually pretty riveting. I think last night's game was very exciting. And also we're looking for those comments of the show. I got my super producer, Jordan. He's looking for your comments. We're going to read those at the end of every segment. We'll start reading some off here though, before we get into the rest of these topics we got, he still did better than Shots from Nando 390. We got Andrew Phillips. You hear about D-backs can't fill up their own stadium. Crazy. Yeah. $14 NLCS tickets. $14 NLCS tickets. That is unbelievable. What I say, didn't I tell you guys that this is going to be the lowest rated NLCS in recent memory? I mean, that is the fault of Mr. Rob Manfred. I blame Rob Manfred for that. They wanted the additional games. You want to expand it postseason. You want to go from 10 to 12 games to try to devalue the regular season, bring some more parity, have more teams involved towards the end. But what's the byproduct of this? Two years in a row, you're losing your top two seeds in the National League. You're losing marquee franchises like the Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. Also, you know what we haven't seen yet? We haven't seen one series go the distance. And I don't know if you know this, but the players in the first round, the five-game series, they get money if there's three games. And then in the second round, it's the first four games. They don't get the additional revenue after the third and fourth games in the four, five- and seven-game series. So the owners, they're not – cashing in as much as they probably hope they would, but uh, it's going to be very interesting. Got some more comments here, not watching baseball anymore. B Guzman. I will say the Astros and Rangers series is interesting. Tuning in for Corey Seager, tuning in for Dodgers legend, Jordan Alvarez Actually, have some thoughts on Jordan Alvarez too. kind of want to debunk a little myth about him and his time with the Dodgers because yeah, I'm always punching air and gnashing my teeth every time Jordan Alvarez air Jordan hits a bomb in. He's been spectacular for that Astros team. We got Fireman Fred, trade him, Cobra Commander. We got Crazy Face twenty one thirty three. Nothing better than listening to D talk Dodger baseball on my birthday. Crazy Face twenty three three two. Happy birthday! I wish the Dodgers were playing on your birthday and you were celebrating a World Series championship this year from your Dodgers. But hey, happy birthday nonetheless. We had B Guzman. The D Backs gonna come back fighting. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks are a gritty team. I feel like going to go out sad possibly after being the Dodgers. And let's be honest, they're playing with house money at this point, 84 win Diamondbacks team. You really slayed that NOS dragon in the Dodgers. And it could be very interesting how history is repeating itself, right? The Phillies beating a second place team in the NOS that beat the Dodgers to get to the world series. And yeah, just watching this Phillies team, I can't help but be even more frustrated with what we saw from the Dodgers. I mean, you see the fire they play with. You see the personalities on that team. And yes, it's always easier to show fire and emotion when you're winning games and scoring runs and they're doing just that. But you're talking about a team that continues to slug the baseball. You're talking about a team that has the requisite pitching. And I always say, if you want the dub, you got to slug. But also if you want the dub, you got to shove. They're doing both. So yeah, I think that definitely is the blueprint also, it's very interesting to watch Trey Turner have so much success for that Phillies team in the postseason. What are your thoughts on Trey Turner? Absolutely balling out because yeah, I got to give him credit. I mean, I think the thing with Trey Turner, my whole take on Trey is I'm happy for the guy, right? Glad he's having success. And what did Andrew Friedman say a couple of days ago? He was asked about, can you build a roster for October? Can you assemble a roster that's filled with players that have track records of performing well in the postseason? Can you do that? And his answer was a little defiant. He was edgy. And he said, that's not possible because players are volatile, right? Not in those words, kind of paraphrasing a little bit, but in my opinion, yeah, players are volatile. They're not going to perform the same in the postseason every single year because it's such a small sample size relative to your regular season at bats. But if you look at, Trey Turner in the postseason, it definitely is a little frustrating for Dodgers fans. In this Arizona series, the NLC has two games hitting 500, three for six, a 1792 OPS has the home run in the NLDS against the Braves had an OPS of 1441, went eight for 17, two doubles, two home runs. Okay. Trey Turner, who had a very rough start this season, right? Very rough start this season. And what did the Philly fans do? The Philly fans supported him. They didn't boom off the field. They didn't throw batteries at him like the Philly fans did to Santa Claus there at the Eagles game in the 90s. They were supportive of him. So I think there's a lot to learn from the Phillies. Look at those fans. Dodger Stadium is great. It ain't close to the bank right now. The bank is the most lit stadium in Major League Baseball from start to finish. They are loud that place is raucous. It feels like you're at a UFC event or an NFL game or something like that. That place is pumped. And yeah, I don't think that the Dodgers missed out on trade Turner. I still think ultimately he was going to sign with a team on the East coast. And I think he was using the Padres for leverage, but the Dodgers didn't even offer him a contract. So that's pretty interesting. But I think at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over the Dodgers, not bringing back trade Turner. And look, the reality is, Against the Padres last year, people say he was bad. People say he was terrible. Against the Padres in that series, he went 6-for-18, hit 333 with an 11-11 OPS, hit two home runs, and had two doubles. So he actually showed up for the Dodgers last year. So that definitely was a myth. But yeah, down below the comment section, let me know, you think that the Dodgers missed out on Trey Turner? I don't think they did. I think the thing about Trey Turner, what changed him, was he... Had that success in the World Baseball Classic. He had the big home runs, and he proved he could have so much success on a big stage. And I think that's really changed the way he approached the game. And you're seeing more emotion. You're seeing him more relaxed around his teammates. Also, he has a Bryce Harper. I think that there's really no one, I don't think, on the Dodgers that embraced Trey Turner, like Bryce Harper, his BFF from their days back with the Nationals embraced Trey Turner. And yeah, for obvious reasons, they had a... A, a long standing relationship, right? They were teammates for a long time. So that makes sense. But still, I mean, Bryce Harper wearing a trade Turner t-shirt to the games. I think, Hey, maybe if the Mookie bets or Freddie Freeman, some of these guys kind of embraced him more, maybe there's a chance that he stays with the Dodgers and they, end up going to the West coast. But yeah, his wife was from New Jersey. They wanted to be on the East coast. He's from Jupiter, Florida. He went to NC state. I just could not envision him playing with the Dodgers. I think he fits perfectly with the Phillies. I think the fact that he signed with that team for so long, you want to make things work. When you know, that's your home. You're going to try to make things work with the Dodgers. He tried to get out of that trade originally and he eventually, of course, with the slide heard around the world, we saw that slide still. I think on the Dodgers dugout Twitter, I was like 15 million views. Still smooth, smooth as butter, right? And I just don't think that the smooth slider Raider, that's what I used to call him. But yeah, I think with Trey Turner, he's fine in Philly. Dodgers are fine without him. Corey Seager another story. I think that with Corey Seager, he's the guy that you should have given the bag to. I think looking back in retrospect, they're going to regret that one because Corey Seager He's a guy that's going to shift over to third base eventually. Who's at third base now? It's Max Muncy. He's grayed out as one of the worst third basemen defensively in the game right now. Corey Seager, his hit tool is going to translate every single year. So I think ultimately they'll regret not signing Corey Seager. Trade Turner, they're not going to lose sleep over. But let me know down below, what are your thoughts on Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Dodgers having success? Max Scherz, of course, like I said, Mad Max was bad Max. He struggled. He did not do his thing. Seeger was a beast. That's from BC. Nando 390 Friedman, always looking for a deal and low balling players. Trey, who, who cares? Not a Dodgers. That's from Mike Boyer. Yeah, you can have that mindset, but I think that it's important to point to the players that aren't Dodgers anymore because I think that informs us on what the Dodgers are going to do moving forward because they actually did offer Max Scherzer a two-year deal for $72 million. They just didn't want to pay like, Stephen Cohen was so that wasn't going to be the case but let's get into some Dodgers news right now and talk about the gold globe by the way you don't want to miss this we got four pitchers I think the Dodgers should absolutely trade for give me one of these guys whether it be this offseason whether it be during the season but I think they have to trade for one pitcher and sign one pitcher I think that has to be the mentality Okay, we got to get out of this Dodgers recession. We are in a Dodgers recession. I know, sound like a spoiled brat because this team is sixth in payroll, over 230 million. We understand that, but they have not given a pitcher a bag. Save for Trevor Bauer, which was a shorter term deal, three years, right? He opt out after every year. He was going to opt out most likely. They have not given a pitcher a bag. We haven't seen them trade for a pitcher that has a considerable amount of team control. And the last time they made a deal for a pitcher, it was Max Scherzer at the deadline. That was pre-expanded postseason. So, yeah, I'm telling you, Andrew Friedman this is a legacy offseason for Andrew Friedman. But let's get into this news about the Gold Glove. I don't know how big are you are on the Gold Glove. I still think it's a prestigious award. And I think what makes this one interesting is that Mookie bets he might win two Gold Gloves. Will he? Probably not. But the fact that he's even in consideration for two Gold Gloves tells you how excellent he is. Tells you how versatile he is. And he's in the top three finishers in the National League for both the right field and the new utility position, the relatively new utility position. You also have Freddie Freeman and left fielder David Pralto. So the Dodgers have three players. They're finalists for the Gold Glove. Betts is one of three Dodgers that is in the mix and the winner of the gold glove takes place on November 5th on ESPN 430 Pacific and bets. Of course, he's won tons of gold gloves. That trophy case has endless amounts of gold glove awards. He's won six in the last seven seasons, four with the Red Sox, two with the Dodgers. And in 2021, he finished in the top three and finished behind Adam Duvall. So he would have won that year. Had he not dealt the injury. I remember that season. He had 25 games in center field, and had the injury to Cody Bellinger and he's been phenomenal. I mean, make no mistake about it. Say what you want about Mookie Betts in October. Yes. I'm calling him Mr. August as of right now, but defensively, he's still one of the most versatile players in the game. One of the best in the game. And I think what made it so special this season is he only started 77 games in right field and he did finish most games there. He would start games at second and finish in right field, but played 701 and two thirds innings in right field. And, he wowed everyone out there with his ability to play shortstop, to play second base. And if you look at his ability at second base, it's proven that he is an above average defender there. He is a gold glove caliber second baseman. You know, I bring my facts to the fight, and he played 485 innings at second base and finished with 7 defensive runs saved. So, you're talking about almost a third of the season with 7 defensive runs saved at second base. That's elite territory. And he was rated at minus one outs above average at second base. So his plus six total zone rating also speaks to his range. So for me, I think Moogie Betts has proven right now that if you want to play him at second, he can get it done. I don't want to see him at shortstop, but second and right field, those are his best positions. I think there's a really good chance he wins for the utility position. I do. I mean, if you look at his competition there, he's got Ha sung Kim. Ha Song Kim who's also a finalist at second base and you have Cardinals infielder, outfielder, Tommy Edmond. I think that's the only gold glove. They win. I think the rest of the guys are going to fall short in right field. You have Fernando tat cheats. Check that Fernando tat Who say what you want about the guy say what you want about the ring wearing cream, right? But still he had a really great year defensively in right field. If you look at his metrics there, he was really outstanding compared to the rest of the field. I think he's going to win that pretty much by a landslide. And then you got David Peralta. David Peralta is pretty interesting. He was almost the Carl Crawford school of outfielding where it's like, you're not sure how he's going to get to that ball, but somehow he gets to it and he makes the catch. So wasn't a huge fan of the routes he ran this year of the angles he took at balls of some of his reads, but he got the job done. That's all that really matters. And David Peralta had himself a really, really good year. I mean, his numbers were up defensively. The arm was better than it's ever been runs above average. So I don't think he's going to win it, but still, I think for a guy that's looking for another contract, that's definitely something positive for him moving forward. And then Freddie Freeman's interesting as well. Cause Freddie Freeman is someone that of course he won the golden glove in 2018 and defensively, he's solid. He really is solid. And to make no mistake about it, I don't think he's going to win that award. I think it's going to go to Christian Walker. I think Christian Walker will ultimately win that gold glove award, but still you get top three for Mookie top three for Freddie, David Peralta, a little bit of a surprise there. This kind of more speaks to the lack of defensive talent from a gold glove standpoint this year. So, but Freddie Freeman going to go to Christian Walker, Carlos Santana with the pirates and brewers had a really good year. Freeman. If you look at some of his numbers, yeah, I mean his use yard was not great, the range was not great, but yeah, I think that's kind of more of a reputation one. I mean, if you look at the SDI, the Saber Defensive Index, he finished with a negative two point six. Carlos Santana at a six point five, Fernando Tatis a sixteen in right field, and Mookie Betts a one. So yeah, so that's pretty much what you need to know. Is that Mookie Betts is probably going to win for utility. And they're not going to win in left field and first base, by the way, who was the last Dodgers first baseman to win a gold glove. Let me know down below in the comments so you can get it first. Don't look it up, but uh, we're going to talk about these pitchers real quick. But let's dive into these comments. We got, I don't feel like Trey was completely happy with the Dodgers That's from Cobra commander. I think this was a business decision for Trey Turner. Does he run? He can run. He can hit. He had John Hamm narrating his hype video when he he entered his free agency. I think he wasn't going to be on the east on the on the West Coast. Trey, who we got more Trey Seager was a beast. We got D Mac. Do you think there's a lot to be said about playing for your hometown team? That's for Ryan. I think it's always nice when you have the prodigal son, right? But we've also seen examples where it hasn't worked out. I'm looking at you, Daryl Strawberry. I'm looking at you, Eric Davis. Right? I mean. There are instances where it has worked out, and I think in baseball, I mean, there's so many players that are from the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Cuba, right? Japan. We're gonna see hopefully next year on the Dodgers that it's kind of rare. So, as far as the baseball factories go, it's cool to see when it's possible. I get Don Drysdale from the Valley from the 818, but uh, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I think that you've heard players talk about not wanting to sign with their hometown team because it leads to more distractions. It leads to the hangers on your family members always want to be at your game. So as far as focus, I almost think it's better to not play for your hometown team. I would probably prefer it, but it's always more special. I mean, look at Justin Turner, of course. I mean, he went to Fullerton. He's from Southern California. I think that was more special. He talked about how Justin Turner talked about one time how he remembers watching the Kirk Gibson home run at his grandma's house. So kind of having that lineage and kind of knowing how special it is to be a Dodger. I think that always helps. And there's also to do you play for your team that you grew up loving? Corey Seager grew up loving the New York Yankees and idolizing Derek Jeter. So yeah, I don't think it makes too big of a difference, but I think it's cool. It's like an added layer. I think it's different for different sports for sure. I mean, look at Lonzo ball and the Lakers didn't quite work out. Look at Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. They didn't quite work out, but a couple more here down below. We got Ivan says DMag, Who would you want in third base? That's a really good question. I think the third base position moving forward, Michael Bush hasn't had enough experience there. Miguel Vargas, if they're going to keep him in the system, I think it does make some sense to possibly bring back Max Muncy. And then you can platoon Miguel Vargas and Max Muncy. Cause Max Muncy at this point is, He's the DH man. He's a DH, but you got Shohei Otani hopefully coming to town, and he won't be able to play that position. So I think there's a possibility where you could trade. I think there's a possibility where you can make a trade for a third baseman. I think for me, here's what I'll throw out there. I'll probably see someone. I'll probably see someone tweet this out at some point. But I would say Michael Bush, Max Muncie in a package deal. And you can include another couple of prospects and try to get Joan Moncada and Dylan Cease from the Chicago White Sox. So if you're going to go the trade route, Joan Moncada, he's someone who definitely de- offensively he had a down year. There's no doubt about that. Even hasn't really been good at the plate since 2021. But Moncada's interesting. Nolan Arenado is always the dream. We got Gonzo. There you go. Ryan, you guys, you guys guess Gay Adrian Gonzalez down below in the comment section. You are. Right. Adrian Gonzalez won the gold glove in 2016 Kiki for third base. That's from Teresa Gates. That's an interesting idea. Look defensively Kike Hernandez is best utilized when you're mixing him in the outfield at the shortstop position. Sometimes third base, he grayed out very poorly at shortstop last year. So I don't see Kike Hernandez as an everyday player at one position. I think that takes away from his strengths, which is his versatility. Now, Matt Chapman is an interesting name. We're going to talk about him a little more in depth next week. I don't anticipate Matt Chapman being the answer because I think the Dodgers are more focused on adding starting pitching. And I think they want to get one of the big free agents available. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I don't think they're going to go Blake Snell, but Jordan Montgomery is interesting. I think, of course, you want to throw 20 million a year at Kirsch potentially. So I think when you look at the starting pitching I think they're going to be more focused on that and getting Shohei Ohtani. So I don't think you're going to throw a big bag at Matt Chapman. That just doesn't seem like it's the move the Dodgers are going to make because Chapman, he he's good. No defensively. One of the best in the game. And by the way, you saw Aaron Nolan, Aaron didn't get nominated for the gold glove for the first time essentially ever. Right. So Chapman though, this season, he had himself a really good year but I just don't see the Dodgers him. He's a Scott Boris guy. The post has six sixty-four OPS, just six games, extremely small sample size. So you can't take too much away from that. But yeah, I just don't see Matt Chapman as a, as an, uh, as a truly viable option. I don't expect them to go that route, but let me know down below in the comment section real quick. Who do you want to see as the Dodgers, their baseman? Chapman was hitting eighth in an elimination game this year. LMFAO. Yeah. You guys know I've never been high on Matt Chapman. Like you guys, I've, I've I've spent episodes on Matt Chapman. He's not someone I'm throwing a bag to. I think defensively, of course, a 4.4 war, that's good. Overall, this season had a 108 OPS plus at 17 home runs, but he's not a needle mover. He's not a needle mover from the standpoint that, is he going to change the culture? No. Is he going to change the clubhouse? No. Is he going to do enough offensively to justify really a contract where you're looking at, you know, 150 million, like 150 to 200 million, something in that range. I think the answer is no, I personally am not a big Matt Chapman guy. And like I said, a 4.4 war, that's really good. That's solid. No doubt about it. I mean, defensively, he is a difference maker. Max Muncy, a 2.6 war. So when you look at the the, pro, the cost benefit analysis on that one, the math ain't mathing, right? When you talk about 14 million for Max Muncy on a one-year deal and those 36 home runs and, 105 RBI, but uh, we got Mikey says Muncy is amazing. Quit doing him. I don't know what that meant. David sung DMAC for starting pitcher. Hey, I go out there and serve up bombs just like Lance Lindergard. but uh, let's jump into the starting pitchers because that to me is the conversation this off season. Like I said, this is a legacy off season for Andrew Friedman. I believe in you, Andy. I believe it. Get the water ball out. Get the robe out. This is the season that you prove to the rest of the league, you prove to Dodgers fans that you're not focused on sustainable winning. You're focused on winning next year, right? W I N what's important now. What's important now is the Dodgers get a parade. What's important now is that you maximize what's left of Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts' prime. What's important now is you get your first full season world series title since 1988. You get a parade down Figueroa, down to Dodger stated. We want to see that that is the goal. You want to win championships and kind of going back to some other things that Freeman said the other day, he said, we need to figure out what we can do differently and how to go about it. So it does feel like there was a little board, rude meeting. And there were, that was the big catchphrase this year was "figure it out. They said about 15,000 times, if you want a drinking game, take a shot every time Andrew Freeman or Dave Roberts, say figure it out in a press conference and to figure it out. I think it's pretty simple. You need starting pitching. You need elite starting pitching. You can't rely on reclamation projects, right? So what did we learn from 2023? What do we learn from this season that we don't want to have happen in 2024? Don't go the upside play with Noah Syndergaard. Don't go the upside play on the one-year guy that you're trying to put in the Dr. Pryor pitching lab. I don't know what happened in the Dr. Pryor pitching lab. Did they not pay the lease? Did they not pay the rent? Was it getting remodeled? They shut it down because... Didn't have as many successes this season. Yes, there was the Bobby Miller's and the Ryan Braziers. There were successes, but look at the start of the season; they really struggled. So you look at what they could do differently, and you're talking about a team that didn't have a lead in the NLDS. They not have a lead. Okay, 27 innings, not one lead. Yeah, why not not have a lead? Because the po- the starting pitching was atrocious. Clayton Kershaw was too injured. Bobby Miller. He was too young, too green, too much of a rookie. Lance Lynn was too bad. Lance Lynn was awful. So that's a recipe for disaster. You have an ERA north of 25. So that's where the focus is. Can you fix the pitching? And I have a trade that I think the Dodgers should strongly consider. We have not talked about this guy very much. I think Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays, big dude, 6'8". I think he's the guy. you add you trade for tyler glass now and then you sign a yamamoto you sign one and then you trade for one that is the recipe for this rotation now let's talk about tyler glass now because there's pros and there's cons but i think there's more to like than not like and i think it's a move the dodgers should seriously consider making they should be on the phone as soon as talks open up to try to get tyler glass now because i think that you're gonna have other suitors i think the st louis Cardinals are going to be hot after him. And if you look at the year he's having next year, if you look at his contract, he has one year, $25 million on his deal next year, one year, 25 million for the Tampa Bay rays. They're not going to want to pay him one year at $25 million. That is too much for a stadium that can't even fill up a postseason game. Okay. I don't know if you saw the trop. The fans came dressed as seats. You can't have that. You got to, Move Tyler Glass now, right? You can't afford the lease. You got to have someone take over that lease and make the payments for you because they can't afford that, right? And I think that their GM, of course, their organization has talked about yes, they do have the financial ability to keep some of these guys. And they're saying that, but that just doesn't fit their model. That's not consistent with the way they do things. So what are the pros and cons of the Tyler Glass now? Well, the pros are when he's healthy, he's great. When he's able to pitch, health is well for Tyler Glass now. When he's healthy enough to pitch, he's been phenomenal. There's no doubt about it. The only issue is keeping him on the mound. Can you keep him on the mound? His career high in innings is 120. He hasn't thrown a ton of innings in a single season. I mean, that's the big issue. I mean, if you look at since 2019, he's thrown 332 and two-thirds innings. And if you look at the war on that, that's 9.3 F war in that stretch. So that's 9.3 F war for every 150 innings pitched. That's really good. Okay. I'll say that one more time. That's a 9.3 F war for every 150 innings he's pitched. Just to give you an idea how good that is. I see a lot of people out there that want Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is really good in the postseason. Strikeouts were down. The walks are up. The ERA was up in the regular season. He's North of 30. And the words of the great Randy Jackson, that's a no for me dog on Aaron Nola. He's phenomenal in the regular, in the postseason. he shows up. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's, I think you're going to see this team of the off season. There's what I want to happen. What I think could happen. I don't think the Dodgers would pay uh, Nola a four or five year deal worth nine figures and up, right? I just don't anticipate that because they know towards the back end of that deal, you're getting a pitcher in his later 30s, in his mid to late 30s. And that's when you start to see the decline. Ask Max Scherzer, ask and Kershaw, ask some of these guys, either you get a decline or you get surgery. And I just don't think that's the investment they want to make. And to compare Glass now's 9.3 F war per 150 innings pitched, Aaron Nola per 150 innings pitch is a 4.2 F war since 2019. So 4.2 F war per 150 for Nola, 9.3 F4 per 150 for Tyler Glass now. So, yes, Nola is more durable and he's someone that is always going to post. Nola's thrown 500 more innings in the last five years than Tyler Glass now. And there is definitely something to be said about that. That absolutely is a factor if that's what you're looking for. But the reason why I think Tyler Glass now is a great fit for the Dodgers is one, LA has depth, LA has. Young pitchers that can give you innings. Gavin Stone's going to be better next year. Emmett Sheehan's going to be better next year. You still have Michael Gro. You got Bobby Miller. You're probably going to see Landon Knack and Frosso. Some of these other guys next season. The Dodgers, they have a war chest. They have a surplus of pitching talent. And you're going to be able to take some of those lumps, take some of those bumps in the road if you have to miss out on glass now. And yes, if Tyler is made of glass now and probably forever And he's pretty much baseball's version of Anthony Davis, but give me the high ceiling, give me the upside. And also give me the fact he's on a one-year $25 million deal. If you're going to trade for a pitcher that has injury issues, well, guess what? The best case scenario is you trade for him that he's on a one-year deal. It's not a two or three-year contract. What I always say, there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract because you're out of it quickly. You're not committed to it. So. Look at his upside, though. I mean, his upside is ridiculous, man. This is a guy that is elite in so many different categories, and he's someone that has the stuff that's going to play up in the postseason. If you look at his strikeout rate, if you look at his FIP, his ERA, this is someone that has the goods that could front a rotation in a World Series run. It's just about keeping the guy healthy. I mean, last year, coming off the surgery, he ended up with a – A 353 ERA, a 363 ERA, but look at the FIP, a 291 FIP, a 275 expected FIP. And also look at that strikeout rate, a 33.4% strikeout rate. That is what you want. Tyler, the outs creator, Glassnow is someone that can absolutely change this rotation. Imagine a rotation next year. We have Tyler Glassnow, Yamamoto. You got Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio. If Kershaw wants to come back, I'm fine with it. As long as he's pitching hundred innings, as long as he's not your games, one, two or three starter. I think Kersh can still help this team. I still think he can't hurt this team in the regular season. And if he wants to come back, he's earned that right. But Tyler Glass now, I think he's right at the top of my list, right at the top, as far as trade targets is Tyler Glass. Now, I mean, you look at, his whiff percentage, 95th percentile. Strikeout rate, 97th percentile. That is what plays up in the postseason. Look at Zach Wheeler. Look at some of these guys that are having success. You have to miss bats in the postseason because when you miss bats, you limit that variance. When the ball's in play, bad things can happen. When you miss bats, you're in complete control. You have a dominating figure. Ask Sandy Koufax. Okay. Like Willie Stargell said about Sandy Koufax, trying to hit him was trying to drink coffee with a fork, right? When you can't hit it, you can't put it in play. And you don't have to worry about defensive lapses like we saw with Trey Turner in game two last year. You don't have to worry about James Altman not making the play in game one that went off the heel of his glove that led to that six-run inning by Clayton Kershaw. So Tyler Glassdale makes a ton of sense. You got to try to keep him healthy. And to go deeper into this one, I was up late last night. I couldn't sleep. And I was thinking to myself, let's take a look at some of these Tampa Bay relievers that are starting to hit arbitration because this is what Tampa Bay is great at Tampa Bay. Everyone's trash can be their treasure. They know how to develop. They have a great eye for pitching, right? But once you start hitting those arbitration years, you have to start paying your pitchers. That's when they start exploring trades. That's when they don't want to keep guys. And if you look at some of their available options, you could package Tyler Glass now with one of their relievers. You got Sean Armstrong. He's under one more year of team control, had a 138 ERA, 254 FIP, and in 52 innings of work. Jalen Beaks has two more years of team control. Now, Jalen Beaks is the one I have my eyes on. If you look at his numbers, you're probably like, no, you don't like it, right? But 595 ERA, yes, but 382 FIP. So like we talked about FIP, right? You know, fielding independent percentage. It really shows you that really it's, you're not getting the results due to some luck factors, factors that are out of your control. So I would like to see them package Tyler glass now and Jalen beaks. And I am fine with any of these one-for-one deals. If you want to give up a beaks and glass now for Andy Pahez, do it. If you want to give a beaks and glass now for even Diego Cartaya, I say, do it for an Emmett Sheehan. I say, do it for a, I would like to keep Sheehan, though. I don't want to keep as much pitching, but if they want Sheehan, I say do it. I still think Cartai has a lot of star upside, but really what they need in Tampa Bay is they need outfielders, right? Andy Pajes. You could give up a Michael Bush, play some corner outfield. I think he's a little older as a prospect. Maybe they wouldn't want that. So I'm absolutely all in on a trade for Tyler Glass now. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think you look at his frame. He's 30 from heart. He's from uh, California, went to Hart High School. I think, uh, you know, he looks like Killian Murphy, by the way. He looks like Killian Murphy, but Killian Murphy is like 5'8". I was like 6'8". He's a big dude. I think, too, I've said it before, I've said it again. I've talked to people around the organization. They tell me that it's what how great you are as a player. That means a lot. How much you can help this team, that means a lot. But kind of what gets you over the goal line, you got the three yard line, but what gets you over the goal line with the Dodgers is what else you provide from a fan perspective. You mean to tell me Tyler glass now, isn't someone that fans are going to love in LA. He has that superstar potential. That certain je ne sais quoi, that extra quality that puts butts in the seats. And I think it makes a ton of sense. Like I said, if it was two years, I'd say no, because of the injury history, if it was three years, I would say, hell no, I would run for the Hills, but the fact that it's on a one-year deal, 25 million, you can absolutely spend that. You got to trade some of these prospects at some time. Tampa Bay's a natural trade partner that the Dodgers have done tons of deals with in the past. I like the idea of Tyler Glass now. So let me know down below in the comment section on a scale of one to 10. How all in are you on Tyler Glass now? Do you want to see him in Dodger Blue? I love the idea. I think you need big dude, star potential, has had some postseason success. Mrs. Bats strikes guys out. He's exactly what the Dodgers need on this team, but let's go over here into the comment section. We got signed Chapman. That's not going to happen. Boris Klein eliminated. Exactly. The reason why Chapman is not going to sign with the Dodgers. Two reasons. Scott Boris move Muncie to second base. Enrique Robles. It's a possibility. Hunter green from Craig Osterberg, man, Hunter green went to Notre Dame high school, actually committed to UCLA on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I love Hunter Green. Uh, Aaron Nautam, Craig Osterberg, that's for your third baseman. Let's go read some more comments here on Tyler Glass now. I like this. Roland says, pass on glass. <laughs> Finish him. Uh, David says, trade Kershaw, please. He can't pitch in the postseason. Friedman is blind. That's from David Sung. No, well, after the World Series, Kershaw is going to become a free agent. So you can't trade him. Uh, Matt, can you cover Friedman's comments on Gonslin's injury? Yeah, I could do. Let me, I'll touch on that a little bit for sure. Give me a second here. I'm going to read some of these. Stone for Glass, that's from Boomer Assassin. Yamamoto will be a star in LA. Back to back, Nate. Hey, Yamamoto, we talked about him this summer. Never forget that, guys. All the momentum. Say my Yamamoto prayers every single night. And imagine that. Yamamoto, you got a Tyler Glass now. You got new blood, you got different looks. That's what I want to see. We got some more chats over here. Some pin ones from my guy Jordan. Justin Lombas. 10 if you get glass now in a package with somebody else, especially if it's a Rosa Arena. Oh, you want Randy Rosa Arena? Yeah, I don't anticipate that happening. That'd be pretty interesting. That would be a blockbuster move for Randy Arrosarena. And yeah, you could use a someone like Randy Rosa Reina. He'd be a very popular player, He'd be an instant star. I like that idea, Justin Lombas. I wouldn't be against it, especially if this Rays team is seriously considering that. But Randy Rosarena, I mean, you're talking about someone who does three arbitration years left. I mean, he's in second, third, and fourth year of arbitration, and financially, it won't be a problem. But as far as prospect capital, you would be looking at a major haul for a Randy Rosarena plus a reliever, like we talked about and a Tyler glass. Now I'd be on board with it. Like I said, parades over prospects, right? That's my mentality. That's my mindset. I want to win a world series next year. I don't want to squander the prime years of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and the talent that's within this organization. I don't care right now about 2025 and six and seven, eight. How many times you go back and think about all the years that they've lost. Now, Andrew Freeman said, we made a lot of great memories this summer. Really? I don't think we're going to talk about this Dodgers team this summer. When's the last time we talked about the 111 win Dodgers regular season? We haven't. You don't talk about it. Let's just be honest here. That's the reality. We got uh, some more comments down below your thoughts on Tyler Glass. I do want to talk about that Tony Gonsolin topic, though. I'll, I'll hit on that really quick here in a little bit. Dmac, can you, we got, uh, what up, Dmac, What up, uh, my guy, Johnny, down there? Dr. Frank Job is laughing from his grave. Johnny Owen, Dr. Frank, Joe, he actually gave Tommy John a less than 1% chance to finish his career. And he ended up pitching more innings after the surgery than before we got uh, glass. Now $25 million salary, but $15 million in luxury tax hit bonus for the Dodgers. Absolutely. <clears throat> and that's a great point. I was just going to get into as far as the financial ramifications of it. It's not going to be as big of a hit as paying out that money and the Dodgers. They do not care about one year deals. They don't care. They would probably pay Shohei 200 million on a one-year deal, right? They do not care about the one-year deal. Just look at the four-year deal they offered Bryce Harper. That was a low-ball offer that they laughed at. It's not the money; it's the years. So, yeah, that's another plus in favor of trading for Tyler Glass now. And also, I'm going to mention some of those other pitchers that they could make moves for in a second. Here we got Nicholas Kershaw can go to Texas. Love him, but he has PTSD. He's thinking about Matt Carpenter in October and Juan Soto. Yeah. Matt Carpenter don't want to unpack that one. We'll probably do some Kershaw only episode at some point this off season and kind of unpack his postseason history, but yeah, he said it himself. I was in the press room and when he said what he said about dealing with nerves and fearing failure earlier in his career, that to me was a sign that, yeah, the pressure might've been a little too much for him early in his career. And he had to, have to go out there and execute pitches and, he was capable of doing it. He just didn't. But uh, I don't think that's a reason for him to go to Texas. I think Texas would be a bad fit for him because I think their fans would expect three times Cy Young award-winning Clayton Kershaw. They would expect the version that is still somewhat good. I mean, he's just a year removed from an all-star team. If he can get healthy again, I still think he can post a sub three ERA and contribute to this team. As long as you keep that innings count at a respectable level, but I don't think he's going to play for another organization. His three options though, Rangers, Dodgers, retirement. I think I'd rank it number one, Dodgers, Dodgers and retirement. They're like, I'd give that, that's pretty much 60, 40, 50, 50. I don't know if you guys know this, that before game three, Clayton Kershaw, he was by himself. He took a big stroll around the ballpark there in Arizona. Wasn't talking to many people was just kind of soaking it all in. And that tells me that one, he had no confidence in Lance Lynn and he knew Lance Lynn was going to be a bust that night. And they're probably gonna lose, but two that that could have been his last game as a major league baseball player. So did I find that very interesting? I don't know if you guys know, it's a Glenn curse. I walk around chase field, soaking it all in feeling the moment, embracing the moment. Some of the, his comments this year to the young guys saying, you never know how many times you're going to get to experience this cherish each moment, embracing moment. So yeah, I think ultimately though, his body is going to decide for him. His shoulder is going to decide for him. And if he's able to pitch and be effective and stay healthy, or at least have a chance to, I think he's back. If there's any chance that he's going to be pitching injured and be a shell of himself. I don't think that's going to happen. I expect him to retire at that stage. It would be tough considering he's 56 strikeouts away from 3000. then last year before the injury, he was still very effective. And I think people just assume that Clayton Kershaw is like 10,000 years old. He's not, he's not 10,000 years old. I mean, this is someone that is still younger than a lot of pitchers out there performing. He's younger than Verlander. He's younger than Scherz. He's 35 years of age born on March 19th, 1988. Uh, But that arm he's pitching with a check engine light on. And unfortunately that might be the reason why he calls it a career. But uh, some more comments here, and we'll continue to run down this list as far as the trades the Dodgers should make. And see some more here. Stone was such a bust. It's just one year, and he actually did pick it up a little later. But he had an ERA over nine, eight home runs. It's tough to argue with you. Definitely wasn't a good first showing for Gavin Stone's. Fans will love Otani and Yamamoto. Back-to-back, Nate. It feels like you guys are all in on my offseason agenda. I appreciate that. We got uh, Boomer Assassin. So what D is trying to say is he wants glass now. There we go. There's my comment of the show. That's from Boomer Assassin. It's a fire take. But yeah, absolutely I want glass now. But uh, and to look at the glass now half full, it's like I said, he is someone that is elite when healthy. And you can really protect your asset if you're the Dodgers by knowing that he's going to produce when he's in there, but let's run down some of these other names real quick. And how about Mitch Keller? Mitch Keller is someone that has a couple years of team control. He made his first all-star appearance last year. He's going to be under team control until 2025. The Dodgers were involved in trade talks. They contacted the Pittsburgh pirates about their interest in Mitch Keller last year. And he's someone who I could see on the Dodgers. I think not a lot of people Dog to too. a lot of people think about just because he's not one of these bigger brand names, but he's filthy. I mean, average over 95 on the fastball. One of the best four-seam fastballs in the game. I think the Dodgers need a pitcher that can be effective with that pitch specifically because that is something that plays up in October and throughout the year, the way the game is going. That deal is going to require more. You might have to include a Diego Cartaya plus an Emmett Sheehan or a Gavin stone, someone like that. One of these top level prospects to get him. I'd be on board though. Like I said, I'd be on board with a Mitch Keller. He's someone that's not going to get the pub, but he's someone that could absolutely change this rotation and could be a frontline starter. I also too, like the fact that you would be getting younger as a rotation. We've seen some older guys and they tend to break down and you wonder how much of the tank they have. And I think for him, And this Pirates team, they're going to try to drive a hard bargain. They're going to want a lot for him, because Mitch Keller has said he wants to stay in Pittsburgh. He wants to finish his career there. But guess what? Nobody finishes their career in Pittsburgh, save for probably Willie Stargell, right? It just does not happen. So he's the name I definitely would strongly consider. Give me some Mitch Keller. Then Corbin Burns, we've talked about Corbin Burns at length. He's another name the Dodgers should go after. He's someone from California. He has one more year under team control. That's another guy that, hey, give him a a Miguel Vargas. Give them a Michael Bush. See if you can pull off a deal with some of your top prospects, but you wouldn't have to overspend if they were willing to deal. The big question there is Bob Nightingale said recently that he doesn't anticipate them trading him right now, but if they're not contending, and you get towards the deadline, they're going to absolutely trade him. So that's the big key. He might be more of an in-season trade. I don't know if you guys know the drama, but Burns was not happy with a very contentious, very contentious arbitration trial there. With the organization last year, so give me Corbin Burns. I would love that, and then Dylan Cease, another one that I think has the potential for a package deal with the Moncada, with someone else on that team. You go true blockbuster. Maybe you include, maybe you do pick up Max Muncie's fourteen million dollar deal, and then try to package him with a Michael Bush, right, with an Andy Pajes with some other players to try to get a Dylan Cease because he's another guy that has the the prospect capital on lock in the sense that he's under two years of team control. So the price would be higher. So as far as price goes, I'd probably rank it. I almost feel like Tyler glass. Now, when you consider his salary and his contract and the fact that he has that injury history, I think that price wise, Tyler glass now could be the cheapest of this group. And I also think he could be the best in the postseason next year. So value wise, that could be the play. And then behind that, probably a Corbin Burns, on his best days, probably the best of the bunch, maybe him and Dylan Cease if he's on. But we saw he didn't perform well against the Diamondbacks, so I think Corbin Burns, another guy that since it's a one-year deal, you're probably going to get it during the season. He probably would be second, and then I would say Mitch Keller and Dylan Cease because they have multiple years of team control. Those will be the most expensive. So it really comes down to: Do you want to bring in guys that you have more team control with? Or do you want to bring in guys that are on one-year deals, they're on expiring deals they don't have to commit to after next season? Because you have to remember, if they do sign Shohei Otani and you think he can pitch in 2024, and that's the goal, then he's going to be a part of your rotation. But on the same token, Walker Bueller could be gone too. So I don't want to look too far ahead, but you kind of have to think of this as some chess moves, right? You got to think a couple of moves ahead, a couple of years ahead, as far as your depth's concerned. But yeah. And as far as someone asked me about the Tony Gonslin, Situation, the Tony Gonsolin situation, and what uh, what Friedman said about him. So basically, Friedman was asked about Tony Gonsolin, and yeah, he basically talked about the fact that Tony Gonsolin was pitching with that torn UCL, and he said, "quote that it was a mutual decision between the organization and the player." And if you guys are watching my show the entire year, I was screaming at the camera saying. Hey, the cat needs to go to the vet, right? The cat only has nine lives. And I think he's on his 10th, right? And every time he was going to that meow, it wasn't good because he had diminished velocity. he had diminished command. He was leaving that split finger change up upper in the zone was not hitting his spots as much. And what I say, I was like, yeah, look at the incentive based contract that this guy has. He knows he's probably gonna have to go under the knife. No matter what he's trying to one be the hero, play some hero ball in that clubhouse by eating innings. Like he was, and it was at a time when they didn't have the depth. So that really is the fault of the organization, right? So he was out there giving them innings. I also think he was trying to get every single penny that he could to try to get that contract because he ended up making 20 starts in 2023. And that added an extra $2 million to his base salary for 2024, which is now $5.4 million. So ask yourself that question. You know what these players like? They like World Series trophies. They like all-star appearances, but you know what they like more than anything else? A check, okay? And he got himself a nice check by pitching through that injury, but I do think that the Dodgers should have enough pitching to be able to avoid having a guy pitch through a torn UCL. So they did kind of just kind of slip that one under the rug right there and didn't go too deep into it, but yeah, that's definitely not something that you want to see repeated. I don't want to see pitchers pitching through injury, but the reality is, it's goes both ways. It cuts both ways. If the pitcher wants to pitch, they're gonna let him do it. I mean, look at the Blake Tryant situation a few years ago. They wanted him to get surgery, he didn't do it. And at the end of the day, you can't force a guy to have surgery. But what this does do is it sets back the time for which they can return. So you could have expedited that return if you're Tony Gonson. But hey, he'll be chilling with that 5.4 million that he set to earn. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? That's a very interesting conversation because I mean you got 52. 52 games started by your rookies this year. That's a third of your freaking schedule, man. So yeah, I mean, that's relying on rookie. So do a couple more comments here and then uh, let me know down below. Corbin Burns is a Boris dude. Yeah, he's a Boris dude, but that doesn't matter on a one-year deal when you're trading for him, right? That only matters when you hit free agency. And I think you make a good point in that if you do want to trade for guys that you want to have a chance of signing, maybe you do consider that, but I don't think that would be the case. I think that if they went the trade route, it'd be because you know you're going to get a guy for one year, possibly two years tops. And you're getting that player when he's in his prime. That thing with starting pitching. That was going to be the rare thing about Julio Arias. Julio Arias was going to be able to hit free agency at such a young age. I mean, Julio Arias just turned 27. You rarely see that for starting pitchers. Usually you're in your 30s. So that's why teams have been paying pitchers because you're getting them... When they start to fall out of their prime, we got the Burns and Adamas package deal. James, you sound—I had that record on repeat all off-season last year, right? I try to manifest that, and uh, yeah, the the thing is that uh, Adamis is gonna be gone. So yeah, Willie Adamis is someone that uh, is one more year of arbitration. So another guy that uh, is under team control. I wouldn't be totally against that, but you extended Miguel Rojas. You have Gavin Lux coming back. I don't anticipate that. Uh, but we go Dodgers need to lock up Bueller long-term. I think they need to see how he pitches this year. LOL, my bro said meown. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> what up, NS? Uh, whatever. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Okay, geez, man. <laughs> got, guy guy, from Texas evolved. Uh, more like Glass Never. That's from Nando. <laughs> more like Glass Never. So I guess this is what we're going to do, right? Just Tyler Glass now. Puns for like the rest of the offseason. I love it. But uh, let's do a couple more here. And then we'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday afternoon here. By the way, if you guys have not be sure to hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers, hit that like button. If you want to see Andrew Friedman cook this off season, bring in an Otani, make some moves and also be sure to hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell. I love cold water. We got trade for Hassan Kim. We need a short from Justin Kim, 2000 D Mac jr. Urias will be playing the prison world series. <laughs> okay. Um, we got MB Adamus K. S. way too much. Yeah. He's a very three true outcome player can give you some pop, but yeah, his strikeout rate is right up there with the, the highest of the league trade for Shane Bieber. That's another name that you could talk about for trades. And Shane Bieber is someone that got injured last year. He's someone that, uh, He's a UCSB guy. Bring our UCSB guys home. Not a UCSB guy, but UCLA, so UC system. But uh Jay Bieber is someone that I'm look, I'm not a believer, right? I don't think he's someone that is gonna move the needle because the injuries have been an issue. The stuff has been down, the strikeouts have been down. If you look at in 2020, when he won the Cy Young, you know, 163 ERA in the shortened season, if you look at that cape K- strikeout per nine, it was at 14.2. That number is almost in half. It was at seven and a half last year. So you're not seeing him strike guys out as much. The whip at 1234, the ERA at 380, but you'll look at that FIP 387. So I'm not totally against it. I think he could help this team, but he's down the list. I'd rank it right now. Here's my ranking we got here Tyler Glass now, one, Corbin Burns, two, Dylan Seese, three, Mitch Keller, four, and Shane Bieber, five. That would be my five as far as trade targets but uh thanks again guys for rocking with us here for another episode of dodgers Dugout live we appreciate you guys for all the likes for watching the show we're gonna be rocking with you all off season long monday through friday in the mornings here on the dodgers nation youtube channel we'll read some more on the way out play me or trade me michael bush rds yeah like i always said you got to trade he's gonna be the michael bush is gonna win rookie of the year for the dodgers at age 45 right <laughs> and we do not want to see that franklin dominguez Yet get some good hitters at their base. Don't worry. I'm going to spend entire episodes on hitters. We'll see. Jorge Zeller. Uh Steel, Hasan, Kim. Let's get Bauer back. LMAO, Andy. Um, we got Otani and Yamamoto would be outrageous if we could pull that off. Absolutely. I think we would all forget. I would have selective amnesia, right? I would have a memory like a goldfish about what happened in the NLDS if you were able to pull off a deal where you sign Otani, Yamamoto, you trade for Tyler Glass now. But we're going to manifest hard this offseason, guys. We will. Let's bring in Drysdale. We got any pin ones on the way out. We got Kershaw, Drysdale. Ha- he stopped. Choi Glass now is another injury risk. It is a risk. There's no doubt about it. But I still think, yes, yeah, like, what up, Alex, over there. But that's going to do it, guys. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. Also... Be sure to look for us tomorrow. We're going to get Jerry Harrison possibly tomorrow might push it to next week, but I'm very excited to have Jerry Harrison Jr. on the show and uh, got Kershizer down below, but uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. Remember another bring us together quite like Dodger baseball until next time think blue, believe blue, and I'm out. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.